This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You're locked on Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well, at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a review and a rating as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Well, the Leafs now lead the series 2-1. to one. They dominated the first 40 minutes last night, uh, took a 2-1 lead heading into the third, goals courtesy of William Nylander and Morgan Riley. Then Montreal really poured it on the third, trying to tie it up, but Jack Campbell was absolutely dynamite, turning aside all 15 shots he saw in the frame to hold on for the win, 27 saves in total. 2-1 Leafs was your final, and they now hold a 2-1 series lead. And to join me to talk about the game, is going to be Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for uh, the, the Players Association. <laughs> for a second, good, I, I, good recovery uh, there. Good recovery. Almost forgot there. But, uh, Dave, how you doing, man? What was, what was your thoughts on last night's game? Um, definitely closer than I thought it should have been, yes. if I'm going to be honest, especially with the way the second period went. Um, well, you know, these are the types of games the Leafs need to win. Yeah. You know, Carey Price was unbelievable. So you have to just find a way. You just got to don't, – don't lose – don't lose, like, hope. Don't lose your, like, desire. You know, if he makes you know, that save on Spezza, it was good that they were able to regroup, not let that kind of phase them because we've seen in the past where – they go up against a hot goalie and they kind of just turtle at times. And it was good that they didn't last night. Um, yeah, a lot, lot, to, lot to unpack from it for sure. Yeah, I, I think the Habs are just making this a little bit more of a series than I thought. Like, I'll, I'll give him that. I'll give him credit. It, it's really been mostly because of the strong play of, of Carey Price. Like, he's been yeah. phenomenal. I think we could both agree that this could have been a 5-6-1 hockey game last night if it weren't for him, especially in the second period. Like, outshot 20-8 to there. He, he stole the game um, in game one and kept it to uh, – gave him a shot to win game three. But uh, – Jack Campbell on the other end, mm. replicating what he's seeing from a generational talent like Harry Price on the other side of the rink. He's been everything that we'd really hope for in this series, wouldn't you say? I mean, when you when you look at what the least pro, like things have been the least problem, you know, they go up against a really hot goalie, but they haven't been able to get even average to above average goaltending. Right now, they're getting I'm not saying Jack Allen's been above average. I think he's been even better than above average. He's been almost close to Carey Price's level in terms of especially last night. You know, they're outshot 15 to 2. Like, (laughs) your goaltender plays a big part in the reason why that game does not go to overtime. I know there was that little scare with Suzuki being left on the doorstep with the Perry pass, but other than that, I mean, 
Campbell makes it look easy at times. Like he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't look frantic. The only time I ever worry about Jack Campbell is when he's handling the buck. <laughs> the only problem I got. Even then, that was like one game where he made a, yeah. you know, a, a quick couple hiccups in that one game. And since then, he's been labeled as like this bad puck handler. Mm-hmm. But really, he, I think he, he learned from that. He doesn't handle the puck as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like. But, um, yeah, like outshot 15-2 to two in that third period. The Habs really poured it on there. And Campbell stood his ground and uh, kept that win intact. And he's really just been, like, insanely consistent. Like, exactly what he was in the regular season, he has carried that over into the playoffs. There's that conversation of, you know, he's never played in the playoffs. You know, the, the, the magnitude of the playoffs is so much different. Can he live up to the pressure? And this guy just, he's like a robot. Just goes out there, plays hockey. He's just happy. Uh, a happy-go-lucky dude just stopping pucks and playing hockey. That's all he wants to do. And he's literally just replicating exactly what he's done over the course of the season. And it's just basically just kept going, like just, just keep going, which is exactly why I I thought that Campbell would be able to do that. And he has been able to do it. And that, that bodes well for the Maple Leafs because the Achilles heel has always been goaltending. And I think he's probably giving them the the most consistent goaltending we've seen in the playoffs since probably like Eddie Belfort. Yeah. I was just about to say there, I haven't seen a, a Leafs goalie go in the net and you're just like, okay, we know what we're getting out of Campbell. We know what we're getting out of him. You know, good chance he may let two, two max. I mean, that's that's all he's given up in these playoffs. That's the most he's given up. Yeah. So you, you really take comfort in that because it gives the other – it also gives the, the players a bit of comfort knowing Campbell's got our back. We let if he lets in one, we can we can give him some goals. But if we're only getting two, there's a good chance he's only allowing one. Yeah, um, and even like the goals that he's allowed have like they've they've been legitimate goals. He hasn't allowed any softies, which is kind no. of was the knock on 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 Anderson. Just, yeah. You know, every now and then he'll make you know some big saves and and he'll make some routine saves, but he usually allows like one softie every other game, and that was kind of. The, the big knock there so the fact that he's come in he's made the stops he needs to stop and, and he's made even ones where you just sit there and say how the heck did he make that save um you know it's 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 just fantastic not to be sitting there up two one in the third in the final six seven minutes and the Habs are pouring it on just peppering him with shots and not be worried like I, I don't know about you but I wasn't like oh this the they're going to score like Montreal is going to score They're They have all the momentum right now. And, and, and Campbell won't be able to, to stop the, the barrage for, for too much longer. But I like had faith. I was like, no, nah, Campbell's got this. Like he's locked in, make, he's tracking the puck. Well, you know, he's, you know, not allowing many rebounds. Like he played really, really well, especially late in that game. And, uh, Boy, is that good to see. We'll see if he ends up playing game four, though. That's going to be interesting. We'll talk a little bit more more about that um, later on in the podcast. But someone who I really want to talk about is a couple more players uh, who I thought played really well last night. But we need to have a quick chat about William Nylander because I think the importance of Nylander's presence in this series really amplified when Tavares went down. Like, he he's kind of the guy now that has to – like up his game, right? 
and, and, and he's done that in spades. He's been fantastic through the first three games, probably the best that we've ever seen him ever. Uh, I think he's, he's arrived as that top talent that we ex- thought that he could be. Um, and he's been just insanely consistent. He's got goals now in three straight games, goals in all three games. He's playoffs. The first Maple Leaf to do that since Alex McGillney back in 2003 and uh, just tenacious on the forecheck, the back check. He's making plays. Um, Nylander's just been fantastic for Toronto. I, I think part of it is a confidence in knowing that it's up to – he knows it's up to him. Like, you, you, the top line has been the most consistent line. Other than that, like, you, with all those injuries you said, like, they need someone to step up. And I think – I think it's a maturity in Neilander to realize that, to be like, okay, I have to kind of be the driving factor for the second line here because we got, we're got we missing our best guy in Tavares. Felino, who was supposed to be his replacement, goes down. Kerfo was really good last night too. Like that was yeah. probably the best game I've seen from him in a while. But Neilander, I think he's realizing that he has to be more engaged. Like you, know, you hear it all the time where people – complain about his play that he's not engaged he's not doing enough he's 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 starting to realize that if he's getting himself putting a, a somewhat of an effort defensively it's going to make up for it you know it's going to lead to things offensively i mean that goal he scored yesterday uh off the face off first off important to get the face off win but also more important that he took that extra second to let traffic Develop. Get in front of Carey Price, yeah. and he picked the perfect spot to to shoot it, right? Make Carey Price move, make sure he can't see where it's coming from. So, yeah, he Nylander, I've been, I think he's probably the guy I've been most impressed with throughout the playoffs because he's doing things that people says he can't do or isn't willing to do, and it's kind of just fun to just see him kind of take that narrative about him and just kind of shove it to the side. And maybe the best post-game quote that I have ever heard in my life. He was asked uh, where he gets his confidence from. His remark, his answer, I was born that way. Like, the, the guy is just oozing with confidence right now, and, and you're right. That is the, the biggest reason why um, Nylander is, is playing the way he is. He's just super confident that he can do whatever he wants to do out on the ice, and, uh, and he's doing that. But you know, we, we've seen Nylander get a little streaky. Like, we've seen this at times, and, and now it's, you know, he's got to keep her going. Like, can he do this for a full playoff stretch? We don't know. And that's what's going to be interesting to see if he can keep this going the entire way. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy was created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vapes, throw out the dip, and get Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges now. 
This is a real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple. You don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NHL Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an additive chemical. Lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNHL. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is uniquely remarkable and easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On on their How'd You Hear About Us box that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com. A couple other things. Loved Riley's response to that Suzuki goal. I felt he, he didn't play that play that properly he kind of dogged it back i think he was was he at the the end of a shift there because it just seemed like he didn't have much energy going back either that or he was just dogging it for whatever reason but just lazily tried to just get a stick in there but gave suzuki way too much space to walk in and shoot it from the dot um really nice shot by suzuki but at the end of the day i think riley didn't like how he played that there but then a couple minutes later um went out there and, and basically said all right, boys, I got this. I'll get the goal back. And he did. Nicely played shot. Um, ended up being the game winner. But overall, I really liked Morgan Riley's game so far here in these playoffs. He seems to be playing with with some confidence as well. Yeah, he's he's been quietly good. And that's probably the best thing you can say about a defenseman is if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be anything, don't don't be like the star of the series for the wrong reason. Don't have your name being shelled out for the wrong reasons that goal yeah I didn't like the way he played it it felt like he he wasn't willing to commit to just closing the gap on Suzuki probably should have given him a little more respect to realize this guy can actually shoot the puck um but yeah I I think what was more important is the response because on the bench he knew he messed up he knew he 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 played it wrong which is good to see because some guys are just like, I happens, I'll move on. But like, no, he realized that wasn't the way you play that. And to get the goal, I mean, this guy, we know he has more to his offensive game. We know it's there. It's just, I, I think there's a, sometimes there's a lack of confidence for him to do it. And I, I was really happy that he scored the goal because I think hopefully it should show him if you're putting yourself in those offensive positions, to get chances like that, you you have a good chance to score. He has a good shot. Well, exactly. Where, where did he score that goal? Down low, yeah. right? Like he flowed down in below the dot, um, jumped up into the play, and you know took the took the puck and passed it. He, he saw that 
I think it was Edmondson was in front, pretty big body, was screening yeah. his own goaltender, and he saw that and took the shot, took the opportunity, and was rewarded for it with a goal. So that's by you know filtering down low and getting into the offense. And, and I think that's kind of what – when Riley is at his best – it's when he's involved offensively. It is when he's jumping up into the rush, when he's flowing down and, and you know, getting opportunities to, to score. And, and that's exactly what he was able to do uh, last night in response to a poor play on the other end of the ice uh, where he allowed Suzuki to, to get a shot off and score. Uh, all right, lastly, before we, we do our three stars of the game, two things that I want to chat about, actually. One, um, you talked about Kerfoot. I do just want to give him a really quick shout-out because he's impressed me a lot so far through these playoffs. I thought he had a really strong game last night. Um, he's been physical, he's been winning puck battles, making smart plays. Almost set up um, Galchenyuk on that two-on-one, yeah. which I thought that was going to be game. Like, they go up 3-1, that's game in, in the third period. But I don't think he didn't even end up getting a shot off uh, Galchenyuk or went wide. Um, but unfortunately didn't turn into anything, but he's setting up plays, right? So I thought that he's, he's been really good so far, um, especially on the PK as well, filling in there, but we've gone long enough without talking about that unreal paddle save by Carey Bryce on Jason Spezza. <laughs> Dude, how does he make that? St- All right. Hold on. Okay. There was a lot of people on Twitter who are like divided, like jagged leaf fans who are like, Oh, Spezza took too long to shoot loud in time to get back, and he basically just shot it at his stick. You don't shoot it at a guy's stick. No, like, (laughs) Carey Price saw him, and Spezza knew, all right, I got to shoot this thing up and get it up. So he had to corral it before he could get the shot off, and Carey Price knew it. He said, this guy, because he does his scouting, like, he knows – He's going to shoot it high. I got to get make sure I have my paddle in place to make that stop for when he gets that shot off, and he was able to do it, and that was just jaw-dropping. And I tweeted out right after. I was like, oh, so it's going to be that kind of night for Carey Price. Well, these might be in a little bit of hot water here. And really, they were. Like, Luckily, they were able to get a couple past him, but uh, not, not much was able to beat him. So he was, he was pretty, pretty fantastic last night as well. Yeah, like – I, I kind of thought, yeah, maybe if Spets had shot a little quicker, doesn't get Price the chance to get over to get. Oh, the he just foul. had to shoot, shoot, shoot on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's is. the thing. I mean, what what also ha- what also could have happened? I've seen it numerous times where guys in front of that like that, and he rushes it, and he completely whiffs on it. Yeah, you don't. I'd rather him not whiff on it. I'd rather him just get it on net. If Price saves it, that's a remarkable save than him rushing it and whiffing on a chance like that. Yeah. Like there's there's no good way. It's like it, it's it's gonna make Spezza look bad either way. But um yeah, I mean that that save was just incredible because you you when you're using your paddle to stick like that, there's only certain areas you can cover. Here right and he picked the perfect spot. He kind of read where that shot was going to go, which that that's what makes Carey Price such a good goalie. And that's what most good goalies do is they kind of anticipate where that puck is going to go, where the shooter's going to go with it. Like Spezza, I don't, didn't anticipate him roofing at a top corner because there's a good chance you're going to miss the net completely. So you're either going low or you're going kind of mid where Price's stick was. So Price kind of – it was a gamble on Price to make that, that call to go there, but he made the right call. That's the way it goes. 
It was a really nice save. It kind of set the tone for him because you saw he was kind of, you know, smirking, getting fist bumps from the his teammates. Yeah. That's like, you know, the guys in the zone when, like, sometimes goalies are just like, leave me alone, don't talk to me. Carey Price is just, he has that, he had that cool confidence and like, yeah, I got this. No worries. He's he's really been like fantastic throughout uh, throughout these playoffs. Um, game one and three, more specifically, I yes. guess, given given them a chance to win these games. Montreal did it in game one, but couldn't get it done in game two. Uh, Leafs end up taking that one by a score of two to one. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, let's quickly go through our three stars of the game, and then uh, I want to tee up game four, which goes down tonight. We've got a back-to-back situation here in the playoffs, so we'll get your thoughts on that one. Uh, we'll be right back here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Hockey season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get your latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next face-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so unfortunately, um, I had some internet issues there and uh, I wasn't able to stay connected to my Zoom meeting with Dave, so he had to uh, he had to go, and I got to do the three stars of the game and tee up the rest of this podcast all by my lonesome self. But that's okay because I, uh, I I I have some a couple of things that I want to talk about, anyways. Um, but I'll keep it rather brief and short, I suppose. Um, but so I'll get right to it. The three stars of the game. Um, my third star is Carey Price. We talked about him at length uh, a moment ago here on the podcast. He was just absolutely phenomenal. Gave his team every opportunity to try and win this one. They're outshot 27 to 14 in the first two periods, yet only down by one goal. Um, you know, Montreal really poured it on there in the third, but wasn't able to to get the equalizer. But Carey Price gave him that opportunity to win. Made many. Many great A saves, none better than that Jason Spezza uh, paddle stop, which was, I'm sure, all over the highlight of the night, uh, highlight reels. Uh, But yeah, so I thought Carey Price, um, third star of the night for me. And then the second star, well, let's go all the way across the ice to the other guy between the pipes, Jack Campbell, the winning goaltender. Not tested too, too much in the first couple of periods. Like I mentioned, the shots were 27 to 14 through two. But boy, did he ever come alive in the third. Outshot 15-2 to and stopped each and every one of those to hold on to the lead for Toronto. Made a couple of big stops there with about six minutes left. There was a big flurry out in front and, uh, you know, Suzuki had that chance in tight and he was able to stop it. You know, Campbell... I can't say more anything else, man. He's coming. He's doing his job. He's showing up, going to work, winning games, stopping pucks. And that's exactly what you need out of a guy like that. And uh, he's given the, the, the Leafs the best chance to win every single night. And uh, a big reason why they have a 2-1 lead in this series. But my first star, I had to give it to William Nylander. Like, this guy's just been fantastic this whole series. 
Scored again last night, his third goal in as many games. Like I said, the first leap to do it since nineteen or er, since two thousand and three. And that was Alexander McGilney. But he's just playing with so much confidence and swagger. He's shooting confidently. He's going right to the net. He's forechecking aggressively. His stick is active. His feet are always moving. Like, this is the best Nylander has ever played in his career. And in the absence of John Tavares, you know, he's now more important than ever for this team. And it looks like he's ready for that task. Like, he really does look like it. And, and the confidence that he oozes, uh, he's ready for it, too. So uh, it's it's really nice to see. So Nylander, I'm going to give first star honors to. All right, game four going down tonight. The Habs have announced that Carey Price will start in goal here on this back-to-back. The Leafs, however, yet to announce a starter. And uh, it gets a little complicated for Toronto because Jack Campbell didn't start a back-to-back game at all this year. And... Um, His last back-to-back was February of 2020. Interestingly enough, though, it was against the Montreal Canadiens, and Montreal won that game 2-1 in overtime. So Jack Campbell was actually very good the last time that he had to start on back-to-back nights. But we know that his body has not... Like, his body can't handle that, is, is the question that we kind of all have. And I don't know. Right, I just don't know if his body can can handle that type of workload and then come back for a game five uh, 48 hours later. I just don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out rather soon. I'm, maybe by the time this podcast gets out, the answer will be out there. But as of now, still no answer as to who's going to be in net. Um, but if it's Jack Campbell, okay, we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't hinder him the rest of the way. If not... Look, Freddie has shown the ability to enter a series mid-playoffs and find success. It's a small sample size, albeit, but he did it with the Ducks back in 2015-2016 where he came in relief for uh, John Gibson. And in the five games that he played, he had a 947 save percentage and a 141 goals against. Granted, lost in Game 7. So, you know, as... Anderson does uh, <laughs> losing game seven and they got eliminated that year. Um, but he was, he was great coming in relief. And I wonder if it's just because he came in and didn't have that pressure and was just kind of, he wasn't in his own head, right? Where I gotta, I gotta keep the net, you know, like I feel like for goaltenders, they can get in their heads more than anybody else. And if Freddie just has to come in and play for a game, um, and not have that pressure on him, like, oh no, I need to, to play to keep the net, maybe he'll actually come out and have a pretty good showing. He played well in the bubble last year. They did not, Freddie was not the reason why they lost in the bubble last year. Not getting any offense in front of him was the main reason. He gave up some muffin goals. We, we, we will readily admit that. But at the end of the day, if you give up a muffin or two, it shouldn't matter. But when your team only scores one or two goals a game, then it becomes a bit of an issue, and that's kind of what happened last year against Columbus. Uh, but at the rate that this team is scoring this season, although, you know, Carey Price has been pretty fantastic at stopping puck so far, but he should be fine. And I do believe that Freddie, if had to go and play tonight, um, still gives the, the, the Leafs a chance to win the game. Does he give him the best chance? No, I believe that would be Jack Campbell. But he does give them a chance to win. So I, I, I won't be, you know, 
um, sounding the alarm if we see Freddie Anderson in the starting net uh, come the end of practice today, and uh, which would signal that he's going to to start this game. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Keep uh, keep an eye on on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure that information will all come out rather rather quickly throughout the day. Um, Nick Foligno, who did not play last night in Game 3 with an injury, is going to be a game-time decision again today. They did not say whether or not um, you know he was feeling any better. The weird thing is that yesterday he didn't practice and didn't skate, and uh, they didn't really say it, he was injured. They said that you know he's going to play tonight, and then ultimately didn't play, which I thought was really strange, and now going to be a game-time decision again tonight. So I don't know what's going on with Foligno. They haven't really said but um, we'll see if he's in the lineup. If not, I would assume that Kerfoot will uh, will, will get another opportunity to kind of show that that he he can play up in the lineup if need be. That he can be a little bit more relied on than maybe he was in the past. And maybe Kerfoot is that you know middle six player that Kyle Dubas envisioned that he was trading for back when he moved on from Nazem Kadri last summer. You know, like if Nylander gave us, or if if Kerfoot has given us what he's done in the last three games in this playoffs, if he's done that over the course of the two years, I don't think we look back on this Kadri trade as as you know negatively as we do at this point in time. But if Kerfoot can turn out to be a player, well, that's a different story. Especially now when you see that Kadri's not playing for the Avalanche for the next eight games due to his suspension. Could have told you that that. It's prone to happen, Habs fans. But anyways, I digress. Um, but yeah, so tonight should be an interesting one. Um, we'll, we'll end up seeing who's who's going to be in goal. But, you know, I, I think that Toronto really does have this series pretty well in the bag at this point. Montreal won game one, but they had to play absolutely perfect to get the win. So um, I, I don't anticipate, you know, three more perfect games a perfect storm for Montreal to win this series. So I, I'm very confident that Toronto will pull away and uh, we'll see the Winnipeg Jets in round two of the playoffs because last night the Jets sweeping away Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers in triple overtime. For a sweep, that was an insanely close series, I will say. Um but at the end of the day, I thought that the Winnipeg Jets were ultimately the better team, the better goalie. They had way more depth, and they played more conducive uh, playoff style of hockey. Is what it is. Are they thin at the on the blue line? Yep, absolutely. But it's a good thing that they got a goaltender who can stand on his head and make up for those, you know, inefficiencies. So, um, yeah, the Leafs if they end up going through. Which let's not pull the card the the card ahead of the horse quite yet. I think there's still some games that need to be played, included tonight. But uh, I, I did want to mention that the Jets have moved on to the second round in the North Division. Um, maybe later in the week I'll t- chat about like what's next for McDavid and the Oilers. I still got to go back and listen to his post game um, press conference and kind of see how he sounded. Uh, but I, I read some quotes and, and he doesn't sound too too pleased, which. I would imagine not. It's it's quite embarrassing to get swept in uh, in the playoffs, but that's got to suck. You go three overtimes, and I'll pull the curtain a little bit uh, or for you guys 
I was working the game last night. I was so upset that this game went to triple overtime. I couldn't leave the studio until like 2 a.m. And then I had to travel back from Toronto to Niagara. And it legitimately, I didn't get through the front door of my house until 4 a.m. last night. It was, oh, it was a brutal, brutal night. I was just like, can someone score already? I didn't even care who scored. If the McDavid, you know, scored and extended the series to five or Connor scored to end it and get the sweep, I didn't care. I just wanted someone to score and end the game. Um, and it, it ended up happening in triple overtime. Kyle Connor with the game winner. The one thing that I want to say about that game, though, actually, which I'll, I'll end this podcast on this thought. Call in overtime in the playoffs, the refs got to call the rule book. Um, it's unfortunate. Look, I, I understand that you want to let them play, and, you know, it's playoff hockey. Things are a little more lenient. I, I get it. But once you get to the play, or once you get into overtime, it seems like the whistles just completely go away. You know, stick infractions uh, are basically fair game regardless. You want to hook, you want to slash, you want to trip, go for it because they're not calling it. And I think that's a problem for when penalties such as like a puck over the glass end up coming into play because you're forced to call those clear-cut black and white penalties. And that really puts a team at a disadvantage when that happens because, you know, for the last 20 minutes, that same team could have been hooked, hacked, whacked, you know, and nothing. Didn't get the power play opportunity out of it where they otherwise should have. And if they would be, you know, officiating to the rule book, they would have had power plays and maybe ended that game before the puck over glass penalty. Luckily, Winnipeg didn't end up uh, scoring on that power play in the third period when that when that occurred. But man, there were a lot of chances where the referees could have put their arm up and send someone to the sin bin and just did it. They just swallowed the whistles. The second period, there was, I don't know, it might have legitimately been like eight or nine minutes before a whistle even happened, like towards the end of the second period. There was no whistles. There was no offsides. There was no icing. There was no nothing, no penalties. It was just complete end-to-end play, and everyone was just so tired and gassed, and I just wanted that game to end so I could go home, and eventually um, it did. Kyle Connor, who was actually my pick to, to end it in overtime, did it in triple OT, eliminated McDavid and the Oilers, and moves on to round two and uh, awaits the winner of the Montreal-Toronto series. Game four of that one goes down tonight. You can listen to it on TSN 1050 Radio. Bonesy and Ralphie with the call. You can watch it on CBC and on Sportsnet. Puck drop at, I believe, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, I will double-check that for you to make sure that I am correct when I tell you that. Puck drop will be at 7.30, actually. So 7.30 puck drop. Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens. It's the back-to-back, um, but it's game four. Toronto looking to take a 3-1 series lead. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Uh, follow 
the show, or follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. I'll be back with an episode uh, tomorrow to recap game four between the Leafs and the Canadians. Until then, go Leafs, go. Enjoy the game and keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.